Okay, the word that the Lord gave me is called identify with your identity and step up. So we know that we are daughters of the Most High God. We are kings, we are queens of God, adopted through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. We know that. We know that's who we are. We accept that as who we are. We are daughters, kings, and queens that have been given a mission by our Father, an assignment. So our mission on our assignment is to come down here on the earth and serve our Father which is in heaven. So that our, my identity is who I am. So I know who I am. I am a daughter of the Most High God. I am a queen. My father is the king. My brother is Jesus Christ. And that is my identity. That is who I am. That cannot be changed. Someone can't convince you that you are not who you are. Someone can't come and convince me that I'm not Victoria. Someone can't come and convince you that you are not Ida. That is who you are, that is your identity. No one can tell you, prove to me that, that you are who you are. Prove to me that you really either, because I don't, I don't believe it. You could be someone else. You know that that's your identity, even if somebody tries to pretend that that's not you, right? You identify with who you are. So we need to identify with who we are in Christ Jesus. I am a daughter, a queen, of the Most High God, that is my identity, that is who I am. That is just when uh, the devil tried to go and tempt Jesus, and he was saying, if you are who you are, Jesus already knew who he was. I am the son of the Most High God, that is something I don't have to prove, because that is my identity, that is who I am. So a child is my identity, that cannot be changed because I was adopted. And my adoption has been sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ. That is already said. So you have nothing to prove. There is no one like you. You are perfectly formed, perfectly made. God already knew you before you were formed in the belly of your mother, so that is who you are. Now, we're here on a mission. So our mission is separate from our identity. Our mission is an assignment, and it is an assignment given to us by our Father. My assignment, my mission, is to serve in the army of the Lord. That is to come here on this earth and to draw our men unto Christ. That is my assignment. That is what my Father has given me to do. Just as when your mother or father, when you were growing up, gave you an assignment to do, and if you didn't get it done, you got in trouble. This is what the same thing God has gave you an assignment to do. He sent you. He knew you before you knew yourselves. Christ already knew who you were. And he ordained you to be a prophet. He already set it in order. So your mission is to come here on this earth and obey Christ and do the will of your Father. That's your mission. Sometimes we get that confused and we try to figure out the devil tries to throw things in our mind I, am I really a child of God when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior you were accepted as his child honestly before that God had to explain to me before you even accepted him he already knew that you would be his child if he knew you before you were formed in the belly of your mother if he already knew who you were he had already picked you 
He already picked you and planted you in a place that he wanted you to be. He already knew that you were his. When you accepted him as your child, you made a realization in your own conscience saying, I accept Jesus Christ, that I know now that I am a child. That's when you came to realization. That's when you realized this is who I am. But Christ already picked you and ordained you and set you. When you accepted him, you made the realization and said, oh, that's who I am. I accept that calling. I accept that as my title, my identity. There are some who don't accept that as their identity. And then they become children of the devil because they won't accept what God has put over them. Let me go back. So my mission is to obey him and obey my father and do the will of him who has sent me. So God said in 2 Timothy, Timothy 2 and 2, 3 through 4, endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted him, enlisted them. So God has already told us that this is what our assignment was, to come here and be a soldier in the army of the Lord, and to not get tied up in the things that are going on in the world, but to be ye separate, says the Lord. Because if we get caught up in the things of the world and follow after the things of the world, how can we please the Father that sent us? Okay, so have we got that? We got who our identity is and we got what our assignment is, right? Yeah, we got that. We got who we are. We got that we got an assignment, right? So most people say, oh, well, I got that. I know I'm supposed to serve the Lord with all my heart and all my soul. Uh, and I know I'm supposed to do what he say. But then why are we not doing it? Why are we thinking less of ourselves? God says in Luke 6, 46 through 48, why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teachings, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. So why do we do the opposite? Why do we still say, Lord, Lord, and then don't do what the Lord say? For we know who we are, we know that we are a child, we know that we have an assignment. So why do we do the opposite? Why do we get caught up in the things of the world? Why do we get distracted? Why do we find ourselves complaining a lot? I mean, why do we find ourselves complaining? Lord says in 1 John 2 and 4, if someone claims I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. We have to obey without what God has given us. He sent us here on a mission and on an assignment. And when he tells us to do something while we are here, we have to find ourselves doing it. Because that is the assignment given us to us by our Father. We will have to account for our failure in doing our assignment. Let me tell you what we do. 
me included. I, God had a whole section about what we do instead of doing what God has told us to do, instead of obeying his word, instead of listening, instead of knowing who we are, identifying who we are, walking in who we are, and accepting who we are, accepting our assignment. This is what, this is what we find ourselves doing. Go to Judges 6, 11 through 13. Somebody want to Judges 6, 11 through 13. Yeah, just read. I'll tell you when to stop. Yeah, just read. I'll tell you when to stop. right there so first it said the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the tree and he got this son Gideon which is the son of Joshua and this is in the time when they was getting persecuted by Midianites and um, they were getting their grain taken and so during this time they would have to hide the grain that they were able to grab it to be able to have something to eat Hiding, hiding, hiding. The first thing the angel of the Lord saw Gideon doing was hiding something. Hiding himself, hiding, hiding what he had got. How many times mm, has the Lord came to us to ask us to do something and he finds us hiding? You know what the assignment God has given you. God has placed it on your heart, you already know. But when God comes to you to get on your assignment, he finds you hiding. Oh Lord, if it wasn't hiding. Hiding from what we don't wanna do. Hiding from, our, hiding from God because of our mistakes. Hiding from God because of our sins. Hiding from God because of our shame, because God has already forgiven our sins. When God comes to us to do his will, how many times does he find us hiding? How many times has he found us hiding things from him? Hiding the things we think God doesn't already know about us. 
This is what we find ourselves doing when God calls us on assignment. We try to hide so that we don't have to do it. And we find excuses for why we can't do it. God already knows where you are in the place that he has put you. He knows where you are in your faith. There's no way that we can hide from God. God sees and knows everything that we do. So why is it that when God comes to us, he finds us hiding? Oh, Lord Jesus. And the second thing, it says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And then, this is so funny to me, is that the angel of the Lord, the Lord, the angel of the Lord said exactly what the Lord told him to say. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And this is Gideon's reply. If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. So here it is, the Lord is calling him a mighty hero. And the first thing he starts doing is what? Complaining. God's getting ready to tell us to do something. The first thing he starts doing is complaining. How many times the Lord called us to do something and we start complaining first? Lord, I know you say, teach my brother, but right now, I gotta work extra, I got bills to pay, I got a mortgage, Lord, I already prayed about it, but I know it's coming due, I got stuff to do, I just don't have the time to do what you've asked me to do. I don't have the time to come teach, I don't come have the time to come do Bible, so I don't have time to get on the prayer line because I, I got bills to pay and I got to go talk to this person on the phone, Social Security or somebody, I just don't have time, Lord. First thing we start doing is finding ways to complain. Lord, I say, I know you say take up youth ministry and you put that on hard to do that, but you know, I really don't like kids. They get on my nerves. They complain too much. They got too many attitudes. Lord, I don't know if I can deal with that. Like God doesn't already know what he has put in you, what he has instilled in you. Lord, I know you say, walk the street and pray over my neighborhood and do it loudly so my neighbors can hear me, but you know, I got a bad back, my knee hurt, my hip hurt, I can't go out there and be walking. I mean, I can barely see, I can't be walking the streets. I got cataracts in my eyes, Lord. Like the Lord doesn't already know. Let's just be honest with each other. Let's be real. That's what we do. We start complaining about our situation. Lord, I can't go over my sister's house. My sister in Christ, I can't go over her house and pray over her. She got stairs. I can't be walking the stairs. I got two knees replacement. I can't be doing all that. That's too much. When are we going to learn that God already knows our situation? God already knows what we have been through, our struggle. And God still gave us that assignment to do. So if God already knows us, he knows our struggle, he knows what we're dealing with, then why do the first thing we do is find ourselves complaining and trying to tell God what he already knows? We gotta stop trying to tell God what he already knows and say, yes, Lord. 
yes, Lord, I know that there are stairs and my knees hurt and I can't do that. But I know that you will give me strength because you gave me this assignment and you know what I can and can't do. God wouldn't give it to you if he didn't know that you were efficient enough to be able to do it. God has already instilled in you the power, the anointing to do what he has called you to do. Oh, Lord. I remember one time God had, uh, had me to, I was supposed to be writing, which, which I did do it, I drug about it, but I had worked that night before, and I was supposed to get up at uh, 5 o'clock because I had to drive. God had me up around 2 o'clock, and he had me to start writing this word. He just had me to start writing it and typing it down, and I was just like, man, Lord, I got to get up in the morning. I got to get up at 5 o'clock. I stayed at 8 or 9 o'clock. Now I'm here. I'm just resting in the bed. Now you got me getting up at 2 o'clock. Typing what you say. I mean, I know this is important, but I also got to get up in the morning. What did God tell me to do? God told me to get up and continue, that he would give me strength. And to be about his assignment. He already knew I had work the next day. He already knew I worked the night before. He already knew what I was tired or not. That's not what I asked you to do. I don't need you to tell me what you've been struggling with. We all have our struggles. God has said, pick up your cross and follow me. You cannot be my disciple if you won't pick up your cross and follow me. What is my cross? My struggle? What I've been through? My past? My present? My turmoil? The things that keep me up? The things I've been dealing with, my, my strongholds, all those things are my cross. And I must pick up all those things and still follow Christ despite all of those things, despite all of those struggles. Despite my cross, I have to pick that up and still walk after Christ and do what he has called me to do. God said, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father, your mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. That's in Luke 14, 26 through 27. Uh, Luke 14, 26 through 27. So what am I saying? I'm saying is that you got to be willing to know that my place here on this earth is temporary, that I'm a child of the most high God, and my place is with God. That is my true home. That is my place. I am here temporary on a mission. So I cannot get caught up in the life that I'm having to deal with and the struggle that I'm having to deal with while I'm here. Yes, I gotta work. I'm here, I'm on this earth, I'm in this world. That's what it requires, you to work to make money. But I cannot get caught up in that struggle of being here and not realize that I still have a mission, that I still have an assignment. I still have to carry my cross, which is what I'm dealing with down here, my burdens, my sicknesses, my pains, my troubles, my failures, my losses, my inconveniences, 
all of those things, my stressors, I got to pick up all of that on my cross and walk after Jesus Christ. There is nothing, nothing too hard for Christ to deal with. And if we are in Christ Jesus, then there is nothing that is too hard for us to be able to pick up and walk after Christ and follow him. Honestly, there was a lot of people during the time of this COVID who were complaining about they were being shut up in the house and they couldn't get out and it was just the worst thing, worst thing for them to deal with. They were going through depression, going through, uh, um, I mean, just feeling down, feeling in their minds like they just were trapped. And that was just the worst thing for them. That was their, their real struggle that they felt like. And, and, and we got to understand that struggle and, and suffering is relative, really, because when you compare what we are going through, our suffering and our struggles and our cross, to what the disciples had to go through, you know, we get up there and stand in front of them and they're saying they've been whipped uh, nine times, they've been shipwrecked. Uh, uh, they've been without food and water. We have to go up there and compare our struggles to what they go through. They're going to look at you like, really? You say you didn't have a TV for five days. You say your air conditioning wasn't working. You say you had to park across the street to walk over to the church. Come on now. Paul himself had a list of struggles he had to go through. He said that I know Christ through his suffering, through the fellowship of his suffering. I want to know Christ so much. I want to know, I want to know Jesus Christ in every way, including in the way that he suffered. I want to know how you suffer. I want to know how you got through. I don't want to know how you struggled through all of that when no crowd was around you to praise you, say hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, when you would get whipped with a cloud of nine tails. How can we explain ourselves to Jesus Christ? How can we explain ourselves to the rest of the disciples when we too busy complaining about the things that we're going through? Oh, my tie broke. And I can't get out and go do what I need to do. Come on, y'all. I know what I, God was, look, God was cutting me up when I was getting it. Luke 14 and 28. Luke 14 and 28. God is out. That's right before that. God says, if you want to be my disciple, by comparison, you must hate everyone else. Your father, your mother, your wife, your children, brothers and sisters. Yes. You must even hate your own life, otherwise you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Verse 28, but don't begin until you count up the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish. Do we think I, uh, God was talking about a uh, building? No. He was talking about us. He was talking about us. If you want to be my disciple, understand the cost. Understand what it's going to take. Did you really count it up? 
this is what God had called me to, to understand and be clear about. Did you really evaluate, evaluate what it was going to take to be my disciple? What it was going to take to be about my business? Did you, did that, are those just words that you hear and then you accept and then you pretend or try to do? Or did you really understand what it was going to take what you were going to have to deal with, what you were going to have to endure. Did you really sit down and calculate the cost that it was going to take? Did you calculate that you're going to be inconvenienced? Did you calculate that you're not going to be able to do everything you want to do? Did you calculate that it's always not about you and you're not going to get always what you want? Did you calculate that you're going to have to go through struggles? Did you calculate that you're going to have to take some time out of spending time with whoever, whoever that you want to spend time with and do what I have called you to do? Did, it, did you calculate that it's going to take you going to some, some places that you may not want to go, but I asked you to go? And you know that I'm your divine protection. Did you calculate that up? Hmm. Don't begin until you count up the cost. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to finish the race. The race that God has called you to finish is to get to the end. If you want to involve yourself in the competition to get to the end, you must follow by the rules. And the rule is to obey the Father that sent you. Regardless of what you're dealing with, count up the cost. Who will I have to get rid of? Who will I have to let go of? What will I have to endure? What will I have to carry with me and deal with? while I'm still completing God's assignment. Did I calculate up the cost? Because if I did, if we really did calculate up the cost, we wouldn't give up so easy. We wouldn't throw in the towel so easy. We wouldn't get tired so easy. We wouldn't be complaining so much. If we really calculated up the cost, if we really calculated up who I'm gonna have to let go of and be able to come back to later on when God sends me back to them. If I really calculate up how much suffering that I might have to deal with and still get up, rise up early in the morning and be about God's business, did I really calculate that up? Did I really calculate how much time I'm gonna have to put in despite the time that I spend at work or doing this or doing that? Did I really calculate the time Did I really calculate the burdens that I will have to carry? Did I calculate it up? We don't calculate that up. And that's the same thing we do when we ask God for something. We don't calculate up what it's gonna take to deal with what we ask for. Oh yeah, there's always a cost for what you ask for. It's always a cost, and God does not give you everything you ask for. Think about it really, let's really calculate it up and really think about it, that if God gave us every single thing that we ask for, but to every single person, how terrible this world might be. Let's just be real, real, realized, and if God had gave you everything you ever asked for, knowing now that you've gotten past the situation and you realize you know, or look back on that situation and, oh, Lord, I thank God that you didn't grant that. 
that you didn't say okay to what I asked you for. Because honestly, while we were asking for it, we didn't calculate up the cost. Did you calculate that when I asked for a new car that it might break down or I, have to, I might have to get this repaired or it's going to cost me to get the oil changed or it's going to cost me to get tires changed or it's going to cost me to get cleaned out or all of these costs. Did I think about that or was I just asking for something? Did I calculate up the cost? Did I calculate up what it's going to cost for me to get a new house or get a new air conditioner or me to get this or that? It's going to cost this, somebody come maintenance. It's going to cost me to do this and do that and take over this and spend less time on that. Did I calculate up the cost? Hmm. Mark 8:34. Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. That means we must give up trying to do things my own way. It's not going to go your way. It's not going to go by your plan. It's not going to go in your convenience. It's going to go the way God wants it to go. And you just have to follow. You're not going to like sometimes uh, the situations God asks you to go into. You're not going to like the way God asks you to do it. It don't matter. Just do it. I remember one time uh, I was listening to somebody's conversation and they, uh, they were trying to explain something about God and uh, they were just all wrong. They were just wrong. It was the whole what they were trying to explain was wrong. The story was wrong. That was just it just wasn't right. But wasn't the right thing about Jesus. It it wasn't right at all. And God told me to told me to go over there and tell them to stop. They weren't talking to me. They were talking on the phone. They were talking to somebody else. But they were just doing it all wrong. It was just all nothing was right. Nothing about Jesus was right. The story was all wrong. They were trying to give examples. The point they were trying to make was just all wrong. And I'm like, oh, Lord. And God told me, go over there and tell them to stop. And oh, Lord, here I go. Lord, maybe if I, can I wait till they finish? They was in deep conversation. They weren't paying me on TV. They were just walking and walking away. And I'm like, oh, maybe, Lord, if, well, can I? Uh, and so here I am, Lord, are you sure? Is it you, Jesus? I'm knowing that the message they're trying to explain was wrong. I've already known what they're trying to say is incorrect. And God told me, go up to them and tell them to stop talking. And I admit, I did it, but I hesitated. I hesitated because of my own fearfulness. Fear commits is false evidence of being real. Fear that they may feel some type of way about me. Fear that I don't know, that I'm, I'm out of place, I'm not in my right place to do it. I don't know what the thought was, but I hesitated. And here I go, Lord, is it you? Really? I'm already knowing it's Jesus Christ. Why do we do that? Why don't we try to figure out it is Lord after you for some time? When we want God to do something, we want to 
Lord when we come to God. We know that God. We don't mind telling God, oh God, excuse me, let me tell you what I need. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. We don't have to ask and figure out if it's God when we want something. But when God gives us an assignment that we don't like, we want to pretend like we, we got a need and we don't know Jesus. Why would the devil go tell you to shake somebody up about telling somebody about Jesus the wrong thing? Why would the devil do that? He's going against him. He wants that person to learn the wrong thing about Jesus. So you already knew. I already knew that it was Jesus telling me to do it. I didn't have to figure it out. Why do you do it? Did you know the person? I did. I did. Close family, actually. I ain't gonna say that. Oh Lord. But then I finally, I got, I got up, I got up, and I said, you know what? I had to think in my mind. I had to make a realization for myself to say. There's no way that I can love anybody else more than I love Jesus Christ. And despite whoever this person is or whoever it is to me, I know that I've been sent here on assignment. And I love Christ. And I know that what he's calling me to do is right and good. And I know that I will suffer the consequences, number one, for failing to do what he has called me to do. For failing to do my assignment, I'm going to suffer the consequences. And number two, I'm going to suffer the consequences of whoever's on the other side of that line who's getting the wrong information. I'm going to suffer the consequences of them getting the wrong information. So I knew that I was supposed to do that, and I did. I walked to the pillar and I said, uh-uh, you just need to stop. Just stop. All of it's wrong. Stop. I hesitated about it, but I told him, you just stop, just stop, stop talking. It's not right. And God, God, I hesitated about it, and I'm gonna tell you, I, I wound up having to do it twice, honestly, because they got back on the phone. I was trying to do it nice way. I told him, hold on, put that on pause, and I told him, stop, just stop, because you're doing it all wrong. They got back on the phone. They tried to switch up the story, but it was still wrong. They were still, they were still getting around. So I, uh, I said, um, I came back to him this time. I said, no, 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 just nope, stop, no, mm -mm. quit the store, cut it out, just get off the phone. You know, you're saying it all wrong. And for me, that was uncomfortable. It was an inconvenience. It was uncomfortable for me. But that's what God had gave me to do. Everything God gives you is not going to be easy. It's not going to be smooth sailing. It's not going to be all feely good. See, we like to feel good. We like to have them good old feelings before we get moving and do what God called us to do. No. It's not for you to feel good. It's not about your feelings. We have to get out of our feelings and do what our assignment calls us to do. When a soldier has a mission, they can't be getting up in all their feelings before they go on to the mission, or they're going to mess it up. They have to follow orders, and so do we. We have to follow orders of our Father. Let's go back to the scripture.
So let's go back to Judges 6, 11 through 13. So we just talked about uh, Gideon, and he was threshing the wheat at the bottom of the wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Don't they say, The Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord had abandoned us and handed us over unto the Midianites. Okay, let's keep going. Let's finish that up. And then the Lord, so this is the next part, verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. So this is uh, Gideon. He first saying, complaining to the Lord. Well, we in all this mess. Lord, where have you been? Where are the miracles that they talked about in the past? Seemed like you had abandoned us. We're going through all this. And then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with strength. You, with the strength you have, and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. So that's, that's the assignment. The assignment that was given to Gideon by the Lord is to go and rescue Israel from the Midianites. Okay, verse 15. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of uh, Manasseh. I'm saying that right. And I am the least in my entire family. So he said, my clan is the weakest and I am the least in my entire family. Hmm. The second thing we try to do when God gives us an assignment is we try to tell God about ourselves. We got to explain to the Lord who we are and why we can't do it. Isn't that what Gideon just did? He said, Lord, this is why I can't do it. You gave me an assignment. I know that. You told me. I told you my problem. You told me that I'm the solution to my problem. Mm, oh Lord, you told me my problem, and then you told me I am the solution to my problem. And then now let me tell you why I can't do it. Let me tell you about me. He said, I am the weakest. Oh, I'm the weakest. I'm in the weakest clan, and I'm the least in my entire family. We do the same thing. We do exact the same thing when God gives us something to do. And God gives us a solution by giving us an assignment to do. We try to tell our, start telling God about us. Now God has already said unto him that he is a mighty hero. This is what God has already said to you. Let's go back. He said, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. So he already told him who he was. He already told him, you're a mighty hero. You're going to save Israel. 
or a mighty warrior. So he already told him who he was. God already knew him because he knew what he put in him. And now, Gideon is trying to tell God about himself. How many of times, we really don't even know ourselves, let's just be honest. We really don't fully know ourselves. If we fully knew who we were in Christ Jesus and who we are and what God had completely put in us, we wouldn't be trying to explain to God why we can't do what he asked us to do. Because we would already know what God has instilled in us from the beginning, when God already knew who he was going to set in place, from the beginning, he already knew he was going, what he, who he was going to use and who he was going to set in place. And he put in you everything you needed to complete the assignment that he was going to give you for your entire life. Do you believe that? For your entire life, God already instilled in you everything you will need to complete his assignments. If you had identified with your identity and truly believed that and truly knew that and knew that of yourself, you wouldn't be trying to explain to God why you can't do it. Let me give you some of our excuses. When God tells us, gives us an assignment and we start trying to explain to God who we are. Lord, I don't have enough anointing for that. I don't even know enough scripture. I ain't read enough this week. I don't know. There's so many other people who have more annoying, Lord. Why you can't use them? No, he called you. He asked you to do it. Not sister so-and-so, so-and-so. He asked you to do it. And he knows what you haven't done. He already knows where you are. He is giving you the assignment to do it. Lord, I don't know nothing about that. God gave us, I don't know nothing about taking over uh, being the choir director. I don't know nothing about uh, doing music. I don't know nothing about that. I can't do it. God already knows what you do and don't know. Honestly, God wants you to not fully understand how to do his assignment because he doesn't want you to get the big heads and think that it was you that completed it well. That it was only by his power and by his goodness and by his anointing that he placed on you that you were able to finish it. So he don't need you to know everything. He knows everything. You just do what he told you to do. Lord, I can't pray. I can't be praying on the prayer line. I can't pray because I don't pray well. I don't pray as long as the other people. I don't pray as loud. I don't have enough to be saying. I just can't be praying, Lord. I don't want nobody to laugh at me. I don't want nobody to think I can't, I, I, I don't uh, have the right anointer, that I ain't spiritual enough. Who cares? This is not about what people think. People cannot evaluate you. They cannot evaluate your prayer life. They cannot evaluate what you are saying because they don't have the right information. Only Jesus Christ knows you and knows all things. So only he is the one that can evaluate you. So why do we let other people's evaluation demean us so much more than Christ, more than our Lord and Savior, more than our Father. Why do we let, why do we dismiss God's opinion and then take on everybody else's opinion like it's the bare truth, like it's the only thing we have? 
There's no way that they can clearly evaluate you the way you pray, the way you are. They cannot clearly evaluate you because they don't have all information. Now, they may be able to point out when you're doing wrong, because we are helpers one to another. And we may be able to pray together and work it out together. But I can't completely evaluate who you are and who you are not. Because I don't completely know you. Heck, I don't even completely know yourself. Paul said it. I can't even completely evaluate myself. So how am I going to evaluate you? We put way too much heavy on people's opinion and not enough on God's opinion. We'll just bypass God and not worry about what he thinks or what he say. God may be upset that we didn't get on there and do what we were supposed to do. But we don't care. We ain't worried about that. We just worried about so-and-so not hearing me uh, pray like that because she, she may think I ain't spiritual. I ain't got it all together. You know, I ain't read my scriptures in about two weeks. So I don't even remember what they say. Lord, and I, I'm going to just be real. I get nervous. I got to stutter. I can't really hear well. I just, how am I going to know that they really going to listen to my prayer anyway? Who really cares? I can't really get on there. I can't do nothing. I can't go tell nobody what you told me to tell them because they ain't going to listen. I ain't, they can't listen to me. They ain't going to listen to me. Especially my friends. They know who I used to be. They ain't going to be listening to what I'm saying. How am I, how you going to tell me to go tell them about themselves, Lord? I can't be going to tell my friends that. My homegirls. I can't be going to say that. Why not? Yeah, they know who you used to be. Do they know who you are now? Lord, I'm shy. I'm not good with words. I can't do it. I can't, I can't get up and speak. I, don't, I may not be able to flow well. It ain't about you. It's about what God has given you. God will give you the flow. Just because you may not be able to flow as good as somebody else, stop evaluating or comparing yourself to other people. You get up and do what God has given you. Do the assignment that God has given you. And don't worry about nobody else. Know that you are walking in what God has given you, and you got checked because God accepted it. Because you got up and did what he's supposed to do. And God will anoint you, and God will move you, and God will give you what to say. It ain't for you to be comparing yourself to nobody else. God has already said that. It's not good for us to compare each other, but from where we were to where we are now. That is what you need to be focused on. That's why God put it in me. It's not just you, it's me. God has put this on me, that those are the things we need to be, I need to be focused on. Not too much worried about what people are going to think or what people are going to say, but about what God has given me to do, and I find myself doing it. Lord, I can't dance. I can't dance. I can't be a part of the dance ministry. I'm sorry, let me see that real God already knows what he has put in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. You weren't shy about it when you was at the family reunion getting on the stage checking your Bible. Doing the two-step, talking about doing an electric slide, you weren't shy about that. God knows exactly what he has given you. Lord, you say I'm not good with computers. I can't get on there and be talking about some posts and stuff on the internet or the Facebook or nothing about you. I can't, I can't be about that because I don't do computers well. God already knows. Find you a help. If God has given you an assignment, I've realized that when God gave you something, when he gave me something about this podcast, I don't know nothing about a podcast. I knew nothing about a podcast. I never listened to a podcast. I heard about a podcast, but I didn't even know how you set it up or what you do with it. I mean, I don't even know what they use podcasts for. I mean, honestly. I thought you can just get on YouTube. What was the point of podcasts? I knew nothing about it. But when God gave me the assignment, he sent people, and he sent the information to me. He sent people to be able to help me get started. He sent the information to me to be able to set it up. God already had it set in plan that if I just follow his word and do his will, he will make the way straight. Why do we have to make things all complicated and confused by trying to explain to God why we can't do something and who we are and, and uh, how I'm not fit for this role? God knows whether you fit or not. That's why he chose you, so you won't think that you did it all by yourself. I've already known that there's no way I could have done this by myself because I knew nothing about it. There is no way because God put the people in place right in step for it to be able to move forward. There is no way that I could have got that set up. And it was all glory be to God. So we have to be about God's assignment of no matter what, no matter what we're dealing with, no matter what we think, we need to be about God's assignment. God says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Jeremiah 1 and 5. And then this is 1 Corinthians 4 and 3. Paul said, as for me, it matters very little how I might be evaluated by you or by any human authority. I don't even trust my own judgment on this point. Basically saying, there's no way that I should care too much, to, I should care any about what you think. For I can't even evaluate, I can't even trust my own evaluation of myself. How can I trust my value? I can't, how can I trust the evaluation of me to you? So why do we put so much weight on people, other people's evaluation of us? We can't trust their evaluation. It's God who evaluates us. We cannot tell God about ourselves because he already knows us. So this is what God does. Let me just show you. And, I, and then I'm going to It's got a lot more, but we're going to have to come back to it next week. We'll finish it up. When God, when we try to, when we try to, when we try to start complaining about our situation, when we try to start telling God what we think and who we are, and we have missed all of the assignment that God given us and who he has called us, and we too busy caught up in what we're dealing with and why we really can't do it because we think we know ourselves. This is what God do. 
He don't even respond to that. He don't even respond to that. Sometimes he don't even want to, he don't even comfort you about that. He don't comfort you in your pity party. He's not going to give you a pity party. He's not going to go along with your pity party because he already knows what he is giving you. He already knows what he has called you. He already knows what he has ordained you. He's not going to participate in your pity party session. God, just keep talking. Judges 6, 15 through 16. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. God goes, so he just got through telling them why he can't do it. He just got through telling them about his situation, and this is what God say. He goes back to the assignment. He went back to the assignment and said, I will be with you. And you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. So he goes back to the assignment and saying, still, I want you to do this assignment. Despite all you just said, despite all the time you wasted trying to explain to me why you can't do it, I'm going to still go back to the assignment and I'm going to be with you, which you already knew. You already knew that from the beginning, God is going to be with you. He's always with you. So he just told you what you should already know. I will be with you. And then he's telling you how you're going to do it. How it's going to happen. He goes back to the assignment. So I'm going to conclude today on this part is that we know who we are, that we are a child of the Most High God. We know that we have an assignment here on this earth to draw all men unto Christ. We know what he has called us to do, and if we have not figured that out, we should get ourselves in a position to pray and ask God, God, what do you have for me to do? And it's not just a one thing. Actually, it's a continuous thing. It's several things. It's a lot of things over your lifetime and at different moments and at different times. He'll just call you sometimes out of the blue. Let's just be realistic. God will say, you're walking across the uh, walkway and God will say, stop right there and go say something to this person. Or stop right there and give them this. Or stop right there and do this. You don't know what your assignment might be, but God has given you strength. And he, we already know that he knows who we are. He knows about our situation. He knows what our cross is, what we're going through. So despite all of those things, he still told you to do it. So that means we need to find ourselves being about our Father's business. Amen? Amen. We've got there's a few more points on that, and I'll finish it next week. Um, But hallelujah, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this word. Um, thank you, Father God, for giving us, Father God, the bread, the food that we need, Father God, to continue, Father God, to be about your business, Father God, to find ourselves doing it, Father God. We thank you for the strength that you give us, Lord God. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. And we just appreciate you, Lord God. You are bringing us here, Father God, 
to renew us, restore us, and get us in the right mindset to know who we are and to know what we're supposed to do. Amen. Any questions? Any questions? Anybody want to create anything? Okay, hallelujah. So, um, we're back again this week. Um, last week, I talked to you about identify your identity and step up. So that's what we discussed. We talked about that we are daughters of the Most High God. We are queens that God has already given us, Father God, that, that is who our identity is, that is who we are. God has accepted us as our, his children. We talked about that last week. And that is who we are. We cannot change our identity, just like I know who I am and you know who you are. That is who we are. That is who God has already called us to be. We accepted Jesus Christ, that was who we are. I am a child of the Most High God and nobody else can convince me that I am not. That is my identity. That is who I am. So we talked about that. Child is my identity, and that cannot be changed. So now we talked about our assignment last week also. So we already know that we are a child of the Most High God, but we were sent here on this earth on an assignment. And that assignment was to do the will of our Father, just like Jesus came onto the earth to do the will of his father, we also come here on this earth and have an assignment to do the will of our father. So I have nothing to prove about who I am. That's what we talked about. That is who I am. I'm a child of the most high God. I know that's who I am. And my mission is my assignment. And that assignment is given to me by my father. And that mission is to obey him and to do his will. So that's, you know, when you think about that, that's just like us. We have children. And when they were in our house, they had to follow our rules. They had to do what we say. We, we pay the bills. We take care of them. We watch over them. We make sure they're okay. So while you're in my house, you have to follow my rules. That's the same for God. And somehow we get in the midst of being that confused. Or we think that it's going to apply in the kingdom of God, but it does. We are children of the Most High God. We accepted God as our Lord and Savior. See, God already called us out from the beginning. God already called us as, our, as His children before we even knew ourselves, before we even born. It took us to realize that our God is who I am. And then accepted God. So God already knew who he had called us to be before we were formed in the belly of our mother, and then it took us to make an aha moment to say, hey, this is who I am, and I accept my identity. So then when you accept your identity, you come into God's kingdom. You're in God's house now. So you're in God's house, you're a child of God, so when you're in God's kingdom and God's house, you're already saved, so you get it mixed up in the thing um, that I have to be saved by works. No. And then they say, well, I'm saved by grace, but they really don't know what that means. I'm already saved by grace. I've already been saved. That's already happened. That's done with. When Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood, 
That was by his grace that I was saved. That's done. He's already done. So now, the reason you are following his commandments, doing his will, walking in his way, the reason you must be changed because you are in your father's house now. You are in his kingdom. And so when you're in your father's house, you must do the will of your father. I'm in my father's house, so I'm also obey my father's rule. He takes care of us. He watches over us. He makes a way for us. Nothing can be done without him in the midst of it. So he does all these things just as we will for our children and even more. Because he cares even more. And his love is more than a mother's love. So since you're in your father's house, you must do the will of your father. That means whatever my father said, I must do. I must follow his commandments. I must obey his rules. I must do what he says. I must read and study because that's part of what he has called me to do. So we get that. So I'm already saved, but I'm in my father's house, so I must obey his rules. That's right, so we got that. So we know that we must serve the Lord with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. And then we talked about last week that we understand that, but then our actions are somewhat different. For God said, and we talked about this in Luke 6, 46 through 48, it says, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the flood waters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. So God said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? And then we talked about 1 John 2 and 4. If someone claims I know God but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. So we talked about, we'll just review those last first few that we went over, and then I'll go to the next set. When God gets ready to ask us to do something, we talked about last week, the first thing we start doing is complaining. We start complaining about our situation. We start trying to, trying to tell God, well, Lord, I can't do this because I've got this issue, or I got rent to pay, or I got to work extra for this, or Lord, I don't feel well, Lord, this is going on in, in my body. Lord, I got this to deal with. My kids acting up, my husband ain't doing right. We start telling God about our situation instead of listening to God and doing what He has called us to do. So God gave us assignment, and our first thing is start complaining about our situation. And we we went to Judges six eleven, where we talked about Gideon. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to him, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And then Gideon, the first thing he started doing, so God came to Gideon, sent his angel to Gideon and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. So that already means the Lord knows me. The Lord knows who I am better than I know who I am. But the Lord knows what he put in me. So when the Lord calls you to do something, we should start complaining about what we think we can't do because God already knows what he put inside of us. God already 
already knows what he's given us. He has instilled inside of us exactly everything we will need to accomplish what he has given us. So if he already put it inside of us, then why do you need to tell God about you? You don't need to tell God about you. He already knows about you. He knows everything about you. Ah, Jesus. So Gideon starts telling, I mean, he bypassed what God said about him. And then he started complaining about his situation. What well, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told about it? You can go back to that and reread it because we already went over it. But that's when we first start complaining about our situation. We start telling God what he already knows. I already know what you're going through. I already know your situation. Maybe I'm trying to get you to do what I'm asking you to do to help you through your situation, to help get you out, or to help get your focus off of what you're dealing with and get your focus on something else so that you won't make yourself drown by being stuck, by not seeing that I'm your way out, by focusing too much on what's going on around you and not what I put within you and not that I am with you. So sometimes we spend too much time focusing on everything that's around us and everything that's going on around us, the news, the, the, the what we're dealing with at work and all of this, instead of focusing on what our assignment is. We will make life so much easier, so much less complicated when we focus on our assignment. And then everything else will work its way out because the rest of it is God's issue. The rest of it is God's problem, not mine. Mine is to focus on what God has given me. And when things come in my life to deal with, then I need to hand that over to God, because that's not mine. God is my, is my way maker. God is supposed to care for me because I'm in his house. When I'm in God's house, he's my caregiver. So if God is my caregiver, he's supposed to take care of me, then all the things that are dealing with me, I give to my caregiver. I give to God. And then I can do what he says. That's just like you kids. My little baby three years old, you think she care about the lights in her head? She said, Mama, lights out. If the lights is out, you tell me I need to take care of it. You think she care uh, that uh, we run a little money and maybe I need to do milk to feet, which don't happen, but she get on milk first. But more than three grade, Mama, what milk? You think she care that you uh, had to work extra to get on milk? No. You think she care? Uh, that we had to forego some things that we wanted to make sure she had what she needed. No. It's, Mama, I know that you're supposed to take care of it. So when I say, where my milk? I'm going to cry and, 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 and shout and raise my hands if you don't give me this milk. So in our mindset, we're supposed to be as little children. Lord, you give me, you told me to go do something. Like I tell her to go sit on that potty or something. You know that God has given you a command to go do something. I need to find myself doing that. And then when I get something, Lord, I can go through this or I need this, I'm supposed to go to God. God, you the way maker, you can take care of it. Here it is. It's here for you. I need this, Lord. And then we're supposed to wait. And in the midst of our waiting, we're supposed to pray. Praise and worship because we already got it. Hallelujah. Okay, so let me go back. So the first thing we did is start complaining. And then the next thing we talked about 
is we started talking about what we did, what we were dealing with as far as our cross. And I was explaining the cross. And our cross that we have to carry, for God says in Luke 14, 26, that if you want to be my disciple, you must by comparison hate everyone else. Your father, your mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. What is my cross? So my cross is my burdens, my sicknesses, my pains, my situations, my troubles, my past, my present, all my failures, all my losses, all my inconveniences, my stressors, all of those things are my cross. And even though I'm dealing with that, and then God is saying, do this or do that, or focus on this, or giving me something that I need to be doing, that I need to find myself doing, even in the midst of all of my cross that I must bear throughout this life, because we all have a cross to bear. That's why God said, don't begin until you count up the cost. That's in Luke 14, 28. For who will begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost? to see if there's enough money to finish. So I must count up the cost. I must think of what I have to get rid of, what I will have to let go of, what I will have to endure and carry with me and deal with that while I'm completing God's assignment. So think about that, because if we focus on counting up the cost and some of the time we would have to take out of what we wanted to do and spend doing what God wanted us to do, we wouldn't you know, give up so easily. We wouldn't go in the council easily. We wouldn't say, Lord, well, I can't do this. Or we wouldn't start telling God about our list. We all have a list of things that we start wanting to list off when God starts telling us what we need to do. We wouldn't hit on to that if we knew, well, regardless of all that, past all that, past my cross, past my list, that I'm supposed to be focused on what God has called me to do. I'm to be focused on God's assignment. That is my main purpose, and God already knows my cross. God already knows what place I'm in. God already knows what I have to deal with. That my job is to focus on God. Keep my mind straight on Him. So we talked about we, God. We try to start telling God about ourselves. And then we went back to Judges 6.14. God gave him an assignment. So his assignment was, he told Gideon to go with the strength that you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. And then Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the least in my entire family. And this is us trying to explain ourselves to God. Well, Lord, you know, I can't really go over her sister's house she got stairs, and my hip, my hip can't make it up the stairs. I don't know if I will. I'm going to do pray for us if I got to walk up the stairs. We start trying to tell God about what we can't do when God already knows what we can do. And we're trying to find excuses. We're trying to find our way out. And I know I ain't done the same old one. Trying to find an excuse or a way to say, well, Lord, I can't do this right now. Because I'm going through all this. 
Oh Lord, I got this bad headache. I just, I just don't feel like it right now. How many times have we used that? I don't feel like it. Excuse. Well, God already knows our feelings, but He wants us to move past how we feel and move into Him. That is real. Hallelujah, Jesus. And we talked about how we don't have it. We say we don't have enough anointing for that, or this or that, and or we make excuses. We get nervous. Lord, why I get too nervous? I can't get up and talk. Well, God used Moses to have a stutter. God finds a way. to use us, even in our weaknesses. In fact, he uses our weaknesses to show himself strong. So we already know that, then we know really, the point of it is we just have no excuse. There are no excuses. We can't make excuses for when God has called us to do something. We are in his house, we must obey his rules. And that's the mindset to keep. So then we talked about when we try to tell God about ourselves, God just uh, ignores us. God ignores what you're saying. When we start trying to give God out of excuses, and then we start trying to tell God what we can't do and who we think we are, because we really don't know. Or we try to start throwing pity parties, you know, and we try to invite other people in and have pity parties. Well, Lord, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking about what God had called me to do, but I just tell you, let me tell you, like, I'm going through all of this, I'm dealing with all of this, I don't even know how I'm going to be able to do it. We start trying to invite others to have a pity party, and then try to get God to be involved in it, you know? Try to get God to wallow in our pity and our mess, and God ain't, God ain't getting down there. He's going to wait till you realize what you're supposed to be doing and come up. And then that's what, in Judges, we went back to Judges 6 and 15 and 16, when Gideon was getting ready to get into his uh, pity party. He said, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the least in my entire family. So the Lord ignored that. He didn't try to go into detail about who you are again, because he's already said who you are. He already explained that. He wasn't finna be involved in the pity party. He just said, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. So that is God basically saying, I'm already, I know what you're saying. I know what you're trying to get me to be involved in, but I've already told you who you are. Now I'm going to tell you about how I want you to complete this assignment. So I told you what the assignment is. You tried to involve me in your pity party and tell me who you were. I'm going to ignore that, and I'm going to tell you how you're going to do this assignment. And I'm going to give you encouragement by telling you what you already should know is that I'm going to be with you. And then this, so this is what we didn't, uh, go over last week, 
or I think we went over just a little bit, is that then when we figure out that we have no excuses, we can't tell God about our situation. He still wants us to do that. And um, when we try to tell God about ourselves and it don't work out, then the next thing we try to do is to verify that we're hearing God. We try to say, you know, is this you, Lord? Because see, this can't be only the devil that's taking on prayer for somebody, huh? That can't be right. Is this you, Lord? I need a verification. I need a revelation. I need somebody else. I need a prophet to come to me and give me a second opinion and make sure that what I'm hearing is you. I know that I, I've done that so many times. Uh, that I used to say, I, I got so mad about it that I used to say, uh, Lord, Lord, give me something to do, and I'd be like, uh, Lord, I really, I can't hear you. You talk so low, I really can't hear what you're saying. So when you told me to do that, and this is me, I already had it done. So when you told me to do that, I really couldn't hear what you were saying. Like you talk so low. I'm, this is literally me trying to tell God to talk to us. God already knows that, you know, you just making up stuff. Stop. God don't say that to us. He don't be real with us. He, if God was real with us and told us what really we need to hear, we'd be broke down. We couldn't take it. So God already knows I'm just making up stuff so that I can avoid doing what he told me to do. So I'm sitting there, Lord, you just talk so low. I can't. Like, I, you in my ear, but I mean, honestly, you got to talk up. Next time you give him time to talk louder so that I can make sure I hear it. <laughs> and you know what God told me? He said, okay. Next time you give him time to talk louder. I still didn't do it. Then I just really didn't have no excuses. I thought I would have been able to come back one more. You know all this that I'm doing. Then God gave me this word on the Just tell the truth. Now I'm telling you this word was poured unto me also. It got me to realize that, well, I'm done. I'm just done with these excuses. I can already see that it ain't gonna work out. And when God gave me the revelation, to see that I'm in this house and I must obey his rules. And I realized it's more proper me to just do what God taught, told me to do. And just be real about my situation and give it unto God and trust him and move on. And not let it overflow my boat. Not let it, let it cause me to sink. That I know that this is what I'm dealing with, this is what I'm going through. But Lord, I'm going to give it to you so that I won't be flooded with it. So, I don't know if there's anybody else that told God to talk to love. But that was me. So then we talked about God is at the last place you left him when he gave you an assignment. 
So we went back uh, to Gideon. And Gideon was saying, Lord, basically, Lord, I need to verify that it's you. And he gave God a trial to see, Lord, is this you? And God said, okay. And he sat there and stayed there at the place where Gideon left him. And that's what God does to us. So God is so good. We will put off, we have a way of putting off and pushing away and making less of a priority of what God has asked us to do. And we will say, well, Lord, I'll come back to that. Oh, Lord, I need a verification. We'll leave God at the place where he's for our last assignment. And God is being so good and so kind. And you say that. At the last place that you left them, God will be there, waiting on you to realize that what God asks you to do is important. Waiting on you to realize that the reason you feel so far away, because what we do is we'll say, well, Lord gave me this assignment, or, or Lord just gave me some direction to do, and I refused to do it. I didn't want to listen. And so God sits here, here God, Sitting here waiting on us, still waiting on us to verify or get it together or realize what we're supposed to be. And here we are, walking on down here. Lord's still over there. We're still walking away. Yeah, Lord, I'm going to get to that. I'm coming. Lord Jesus, we still, we pray hallelujah, Jesus. And we still, the assignment over there, we still over here. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We still over here. And then when God is over here, we here. We here. And when we got in the midst of our form, our situation, oh Lord, hitting us in the face and smacking us and turning us side to side and got us all twisted and confused, got us sinking. And then we start shouting, Lord, where are you? What happened? I don't feel your presence, Jesus. I don't know where you are. We crying and we falling out and we been having a whole section of church and Jesus still sitting over there. Like, what are you doing? I'm still over here at the same place, and this is where Jesus is over here. I know what God, that's why I say, I know what God is saying about me sometimes. Lord, you, help me, you ain't helping me get the right. I don't know where I'll be. Lord, still over here shaking his head like, what are you doing? Come on back. Come on over here. I'm still over here where you left me a while ago. Come on back. We still over. We didn't fell out. We had a whole session with you. Pray ourselves to the tears running down and Lord over here. Come on, where you at? What you doing? Let's just be real about it. That's what we do. That's what we do. But God is so sovereign and so good and so kind that he is faithful in us to stay exactly where we left. And that was in Judges 6, 17 and 18, where Gideon said to God, he was trying to verify, he was speaking, he said, if you're truly going to help me, Lord, show me a sign to prove that it's really you speaking to me. He said, don't go away until I come back and bring my offering to you. And then Lord said to him, okay. He said, I will stay here until you return. I'm going to stay right here. And when we get through saying all that, at least Gideon came 
ask you for a verification. Some of us, we take this forever. We be months, still over here in our storm, can't figure out why we can't get together. Hallelujah, Jesus. So when God gives us something to do, like say, God asks you to stop sinning, turning from your anger, stop frustration and procrastination, stop with your nasty attitude at work, stop talking about people, go out, praise his name down the street, whatever it is, say hallelujah at work, pray over somebody, Whatever God calls you to do, let's find ourselves doing it. Instead of finding ourselves trying to verify that it's God, we already know that it's God giving us the assignment. You already know it's God giving us an assignment. Uh, I heard a story from somewhere else or Maybe I was listening to something. And uh, it was talking about how uh, uh, how this spouse, they were supposed to be doing something together, uh, not doing something together, but the spouse was supposed to be doing something for the other. It was uh, cooking or helping them with something. I don't know what it was. And um, then the other spouse started complaining. You doing it too slow. You taking too long. You know about what about what they were cooking or whether they were cleaning or whatever it is. They start complaining, and then God told them, well, "Why don't you help? Get up and go help." Well, tell I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I just know that that ain't God's. That's what we do. That's what we do. Well, we don't like what's being said. We start calling out the devil, saying, "Lord, that's the devil right there." The devil done told me to go over there and say hallelujah. Uh-uh. I know that's the devil. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us. Lord, you said you'd never leave us nor forsake us, Father God. And we just thank you, Lord God. So we got to stop complaining. We gotta start realizing that when God gives us an assignment, it's God's word that's most important. And automatically, honestly, understand, automatically God will give you a confirmation. You already feel a confirmation, and you don't have to really even ask for one, because God already knows the heart. He will give you a confirmation. But even when we get that confirmation, we find excuses to the distance ourselves. So stop distancing ourselves and to take God at his word and be about his business. Whatever he says for us to do, whatever he says for us to stop doing, it's for our benefit. It's for our good. So we need to stop complaining and start praising and start doing what God asks us to get do. Because if we put God's assignment first, and put what God has called us to do first, and God's going to put what we're asking for first. So we wonder why things are taking so long to come to pass, and 
And sometimes God puts us on a journey to teach us something and make us wait. That's also the case. But when you know that you haven't completed in the time, I, I know recently, I know part of it recently for me is that it wasn't that I didn't want to do it, it's that I just actually forgot. Or that I had put it on the back burner because I thought, well, yeah, I'll do it, but I already spoke. Just like about last week, I spoke and then I recorded it with some and I was going to put it on the podcast. That was my plan to do it, but I just got caught up. Caught up in doing things, caught up and got busy. And it's not that I thought it wasn't important. But is that I put it on the back burner and I forgot about it. And then when I wanted something from God, God put it back on my mind. He said, you didn't make that a priority. I need you to put that, I need you to post that. That's a priority assignment. You may not think that what I give you was a big priority because you got up and talked last week. But everything that I give you is a priority. Everything that I assign you is a must-do now. So when you forgot about it, I'm going to put some of your stuff on the back burner. I said, uh-oh. Let me get on that. I don't know what it sounds like. I'm going to post it now. Now. I don't care if we don't make the job at the beginning. It's posting now. <laughs> so we just got to be real. If we want God to make our things a priority, because he does care for us, and he does love us, and he is going to provide for us and make a way. But if you want to make God to make the things that you're dealing with, what you need, a priority, what you're praying for a priority, make his things a priority. Don't forget about them. Don't put them on the back burner. Even if it wasn't intentional, God has a way of bringing it back to your remembrance what you were supposed to be doing. Find yourself doing it immediately. You may not think it was a big deal, but like I said, to me, everything that he gives you is a big deal. Because his assignment is more important than what you're doing. Because we got to figure that our purpose on this earth is to do the will of our Father. That is our purpose. So everything that's going on around us is just us being involved and being here. That's worldly things. That is just the things that we have to deal with while we're here on this earth. But that's not a priority to God, because that's not our true assignment. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. We are not of the world. We are in the world. So being in the world and not being of the world, we have to deal with the things in the world because we are here. But we are not of the world, so our assignment that God gives us is more priority. It's more important than anything else that we have to deal with. Any of that other world stuff. Those things, money is not an issue for God. It's an issue for us. We always make an issue. We find it being an issue. But it's not an issue for God. It's nothing. That's just something we have to deal with because we live in this world. But it's not an issue for God. You think God got gold, flooded streets, and marriage? I mean, honestly, paper money and pieces of paper on it, that don't mean nothing to God. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Okay, so now this is what we didn't talk about last week. Is the fourth thing we start doing is we start trying to make suggestions. Hallelujah, Jesus. We start trying to make suggestions to God when he gives us something to do. And all of this overall is just, period, to get us in the right mindset and understand what we're doing. But the purpose, I realized that God had called me to say this, is, you know, God wants, God is done with things that we do. He's done with the things that we make up in our excuses and trying to, he's trying to call out those things that come, that, that, that are rebellious, that come against all that, what he called us to do. So he's trying to call those things out and help us to realize what we do so that we can see it and say, well, I'm going to just be done with that because I already know that it ain't going to work. I'm going to just do what God asked me to do. So he's trying to get us into remembrance into the things that we do. So another thing that we do is we try to make suggestions. And what I mean by try to make suggestions is that it's our way to wiggle, wiggle things into the way we want it. We're adults. We used to try to make our own decisions and make our own way. So we're supposed to be as little children, and when God gives us something to do, our way to handle it is to wiggle it a little bit so I can make it the way I want. So when God tells me to do something, Start trying to make a suggestion. Well, Lord, I said, I know you uh, said to give this much. How about I wait to make you? I check coming in, then I got a little edge. We make a suggestion and say, Well, Lord, I know you told me to go over here and help them with their house and or help them with this, and but it's raining today. My tires aren't too good on Steve Street. How about in two or three days I call and see how they're doing and then go get it? So this is us trying to make a suggestion to God about what he's already given us. Come on, let's tell the truth, we do it. I'm not the only one. We do it. We make suggestions to God to try to get our way and wiggle our way. And God knows what we're doing. I mean, we're not playing games. He knows exactly what we're trying to do. And it's not going to work. Our assignment is our assignment, and you're going to do it the way God said it. Just like when we, the mother and father of our house, and we want our kids to be done it just the way we want it done. That's just like our, my children. Now, I want to eat these cheese before I eat some real food. How about I eat two cheese sticks and then I eat some food? Or how about one and a half cheese sticks? These are my kids now. Even the little ones. Fruit snacks, fruit snacks. This is not real fruit. These are the little gummy snacks. I want fruit snacks. She always saying that. So if I grab these about here, I want a fruit snack. She thinks she should be rewarded for sitting and do what I told her to do. I said, sit down so I can leave her here gonna sit down. I do one break. I want a fruit snack. That's her reward. 
So when we think about making suggestions, I want you all to just make a visualization.
So now that we have come to the point where we're gonna make the realization that I'm gonna let go and just be in the will of my Father, then we need to understand the way in which we should handle when God gives us something to do. There is a way, and there are some mistakes that you can make. And so when God comes to us and tells us who we are, oh, my warrior, when God calls us and tells us who, are, who you are, oh, my wonderful child, oh, whatever God has called you out to be, you say, yes, Lord, because you know me. So when God calls us out to say who we are, we don't have to go into what we think we are not. When the Lord starts to explain to us who we are, yes, Lord, but you know me. What do you want me to do? Yes, Lord, you know me more than I know myself. What do you want me to do? And then there's some right questions. So I want you to write these down. So there are some wrong questions. The first wrong question is to say, why? Well, Lord, why do I have to do it? Or Lord, why am I like that? Those are wrong type of questions. Never want to ask, ask, why are we like something? Or why do we have to do something? Because it's the will of your father, that's why. And then when we start asking, well, why am I like this, Lord? Why am I always pushing things back? Why am I always doing this? When we start trying to get an answer for why those type of questions, you're going to get some wrong responses. Then that leaves the opportunity for the devil to come in and say, well, let me tell you why. Why you got this issue? Because you're lazy. Because you don't listen. Because you all types of things come into your mind. And then we start accepting negativity. These are the questions that we should be focused on. Lord, how do you want me to do it? Where do you want me to do it? We already talked about what do you want me to do? Or what do you want me to do first? Or Lord, what do you want me to say? And then Lord, give me strength. You can always, God will always give you strength if you ask. Lord, give me strength to do your assignment. So we need to find ourselves asking those questions. 
How do you want me to do it? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do first? Or what do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to say? And then Lord, give me strength to do your assignment. And then stop with the complaints, stop with the whining, stop with your suggestions. Let all that stuff go and do it exactly like God said. And God, you know, God is a kind God. God,
So let's avoid all that. Let's avoid all that nonsense. Let's not be concerned. And I know I, I talked about this before. Let's not be concerned about what people are going to think. Let's not be concerned about us, how people are going to feel about what we're going to do. People judging us. They don't have the information to judge us. They don't have the right information. We are the judges. We are the body of Christ. Well, God, God is instilling us himself, which gives us the knowledge of Christ. So the world, or the people around us, they don't have the information. If they don't have Jesus Christ, they're already lost. So then why are we relying on them for our confirmation about who we are? Why are we relying on them for our validation, how good we are, or, or, or our validation of how of what God has given us, our, our validation of how important or whatever it is. That shouldn't be our validating factor about who we are because we should already know who we are. We should already know that God loves us and what God has called us. We should already know who we are in Christ Jesus, that the opinion of others does not matter. So I've learned to be bold. God has called for boldness in this time and in this hour. To be bold and step out that regardless of how they look at me, they not, they don't, they're, they're not going to accept you. They're just not. We gotta get over it. We're done with it. We, we gotta get to the point. I realize that even through my childhood and all of the going through all those things and all those traumas, realizing that I'm that God was prepping me to realize, to think. That you're never going to be accepted by what you're not. It's just not going to happen. And so when God brought me through all those things as a child, it's to train you to see that you've already been dealing with this your whole life of not being accepted. This is not new to you. This is not a new thing. You are never accepted. So let it go. Stop trying to be. You're never going to be. You're not of this world, so you're not going to be accepted. You're accepted by me, but I'm your father and you are in my house. I accept you already. So you don't have to prove yourself because I accepted you. What you have to do is follow by my rules and follow by my commands. So I've already accepted you. I already love you. I already know who you are. You already high ranked in my eyes because I know what I put in you. So now you just gotta do what I say. You're in my house. That's it. And then stop worrying about what other people think. They're not going to like, guess what? The devil will make sure that they don't like you. Especially when you get ready to do what he called you to do. They're going to look at you funny. They're going to throw your strange eye. They're going to bump you in the way. You're going to have to go and help with Jesus. They're going to talk about you, look at you like you're stupid, probably call you stupid. They're going to say whatever. They're going to get on your nerves on the highway, beat the scooter, and do whatever cause y'all types of anger. Well, you have to let that stuff go and realize that you're not going to be accepted there. So let that world go. You're not a part of it. You're called out. You're called out. So when we realize who we are, you realize the mistakes that we've been making. We realize that God already knows the whole list of things that we do. That's why he's calling them out now. So that we can make a realization that he's not accepting us. 
He's not allowing it. He's done with it. He already knows the list of things that you try to do to get out of what he's saying. He knows exactly what you're doing. You're only fooling yourself, not playing games with him. So he's calling it out. He's calling it very rebellion. And now he's And now he is calling us into his newness to be real, to be about his business, to stop making excuses and complaints and say, yes, Lord, I will obey. And I want to make clear something I said earlier about uh, being in God's kingdom and obeying his rules. So we want to make sure that we understand that, yes, God saved us long ago, not because of what we did or because we deserved it, but because he loves us and is compassionate and merciful. But you must find yourself following the rules, the commandments, the statutes of our father, being obedient unto death as Jesus did, because you will be held accountable for your actions. And you know this, just because grace abounds, she would continue and say, God forbid. But we are supposed to be dead to sin and alive to Christ, meaning living for Christ, meaning crucifying our flesh and walking after the spirit. If God did not spare even the angels who were in his kingdom and did not follow his rules and thought themselves too highly that they didn't have to be obedient, how much more us? We should know better. And when you know better, you do better. You cannot partake at both tables, sin, sin and money through Saturday in the kingdom of darkness and then shouting hallelujah on Sunday in God's kingdom. It don't work that way. No one can serve two masters, for you're going to hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. If you continue in sin and do not repent, you will be cast into the pits of hell, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You do not want to find yourself outside of God's kingdom, outside of his divine protection. You are vulnerable when you do that. So make sure you understand, God has already saved us, but you will be held accountable for your actions. You must do the will of God given by Jesus. No more excuses, no more setbacks. Let's find ourselves being obedient. Let's find ourselves saying, yes, Lord, I will obey. Yes, Lord, I will do your will. Lord, how do you want me to do it? What way do you want me to do it? Lord, give me direction. Give me strength to complete your assignment and make it a priority. Make it a priority or whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you think is important in your life right now. Make God's assignment. Make God's will. Make God your priority. And then God will make the things that you ask his priority. Amen. <laughs>